This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. President of the Hamiltonian Society, John Campbell, is our guest today and we are pumped. Night two of the Breeders' Crown Championship Finals starts at six this evening, pitting the best in harness racing against one another for top year-end honors at Hoosier Park. Twelve championship races over two nights, non-stop excitement. John Campbell has a long and storied history with the Breeders' Crown, having won many, many Breeders' Crown events. And wait for it, capturing first place in 10,688 career races, with purse earnings tickling the $300 million mark. Hamiltonian President and Hall of Fame driver John Campbell sits down with us in moments. Another Hall of Famer, Robert Landry, will be joining us on the show today. Robert is the GM of Chiefswood Stables. Now, does that name sound familiar? It should. Chiefswood's Touch and Ride has been winning races and making headlines of late with a series of outstanding performances. Robert is going to give us the 411 on Touch and Ride and offer insights into future stars emerging from Chiefswood Stables. You know him, you love him, we love him here at Ponies 24-7. Sensational standard bred driver Bob McClure joins us from Hoosier Park, where he will be vying for top spot in night two of the Breeders' Crown Finals this evening. He'll be steering Sylvia Hanover. Bob has high hopes for this famous filly. We'll find out what today's prep looks like for this dynamic duo. That would be Bob McClure and Sylvia Hanover <laughs> ahead of tonight's Breeders' Crown Final Finals. And finally, he's back. My wonderful co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show. Please get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us with our new show feature, in case you missed it, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing, sponsored by... RS Bulk Propane. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks, and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer, and let me introduce you to the other half of this amazing show, my co-host Larry Simpson, and our In Case You Missed It, a look at the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Larry, Sylvain Fillion became the first Canadian-based driver in harness racing history to reach 10,000 career wins last Monday night at Woodbine Mohawk Park. That is incredible. That's right, and it makes uh, Philly on the 23rd driver in North America to reach 10,000 wins. And, you know, although there is multiple Canadian-born drivers have reached 10,000 wins, Philly on is the first driver exclusively based in Canada to uh, to reach his milestone. So it was uh, quite a tip of the uh, chapeau, you could say. Oh, very, uh, very, very nice. That's you're, right. You're the that's only right. French you know, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we should and, knew uh, more. <laughs> and it all started for him at uh, Rideau Carlton Raceway in Ottawa. That's when he got his first win in 1987. So, uh, you know, what is it, 9,999 wins later, he got it at Woodbine Mohawk Park. And, you know, it so. must mean a lot to him for his career. But I also think it means a lot when it comes to harness racing in Canada in general? Well, I think so. And I think, you know, we've, you know, spoke on the show uh, a lot of times about what makes Canadian drivers so successful and why are they so well respected in that? And, uh, you know, and we've, we've, we've had people on, uh, guests on, and, and they, they always say it's the, it's the passion and the upbringing and, and it's all, and it all traces back to the family passions, right? Yeah. So, and it's the same with the Filion family. The Filion family is one of the most, uh, famous uh, horse racing, harness racing families in uh, in the world, you could say. They must be so proud, the entire family of Sylvain Fillion. That's, yes. And it's yeah. incredible. 10, 000, I have to say it again, 10,000 career wins. Wow. So moving on, pre-entries for the Breeders' Cup were announced earlier this week. So it's been a busy week in it, horse it, racing. It's been <laughs> a busy week for horse racing. The Breeders' Cup is coming up uh, next uh, Friday and Saturday at Santa Anita in California. And the pre-entries were announced on, uh, I believe it was on Wednesday. The uh, draw for post positions in that is Monday. So everybody's going to be, uh, you know, focused on social media to see who's in. I have a question as somebody relatively new to the sport, as I am. Why are there so many races that with the word breeders in it? So there's Breeders' Stakes, there's Breeders' Cup, there's Breeders' Crown. I really don't know what the answer is, but I guess it, it may have something to do with the uh, the background of, of the sport because the, the breeding industry is so important to uh, uh, you know to uh, to horse racing. Uh, without the breeders, you don't have any horses to race, right? So I, I'm assuming that's probably why, and it's to uh, to respect them. You are so knowledgeable, and I respect you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Larry. <laughs> Well, that's In Case You Missed It, sponsored by R.S. Bulk Propane on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than R.S. Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. Thrill of a lifetime to be joined by 
the Hamiltonian Society's President John Campbell. So tonight sees the finals of Harness Racing's Breeders' Crown at Hoosier Park in Indiana. John, welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us. And this is pretty exciting last night and then tonight. Yeah, it sure is. And, uh, you know, it's uh, our premier year-end championship and so much riding on on these races uh, for divisional honors, horse of the year, pacer of the year, trotter of the year. So it's uh, it's a lot of pressure, but it certainly is exciting to be part of. Well, you had your share of, of wins in, in the Breeders' Crown, right? So what does it actually mean, John, for a driver to win a Breeders' Crown? Uh, it means you've had a good night. If you just get <laughs> one, uh, <laughs> you've had a good night. It's uh, certainly, you know, the... People strive for Breeders' Crown all year, and it's in the back of their minds, even when they start racing in June, how their horse is going to be. Uh, they, they schedule, so they think they, their horse will still have uh, another race or two in them at the top level. So um, it's, it's, it's the pinnacle of what uh, you know, owners, trainers, and drivers strive for. Am I reading my statistics right? You won 29 Breeders' Crown events and... I'm hoping this one is right as well. Ten thousand six hundred and eighty-eight career races. So the last part is right. The the first part is the number of horses up, but I won forty-eight oh. actually Breeders' Crowns. Wow, forty-eight! <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. To what do you attribute that success? Great horses and great trainers. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have to have that partnership. I was fortunate to you know have some really good uh, relationships when with Hall of Fame trainers and, you know, some of the horses that uh, we were able to win Breeders' Crown. I mean, Maclo Bell won three, um, you know, certainly Miss Easy won a couple at Arts Place. Uh, so just really fortunate with the connections that I had, both uh, human and equine. And we have to give some credit to the driver. <laughs> well, well, you have to put them in the right spots, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, but you have to have something to work with, and uh, you know I certainly was uh, you know fortunate to, in the in the horses, and it's it's such a thrill you know to win a Breezer's Crown. It really is. It means as a driver, it means that the strategy you you employed worked, and you know all of your preparation going into that race was successful. So there's certainly a great deal of satisfaction with that. So when you were preparing for a Breeder's Crown night. Uh, did you prepare differently than you would for, say, a normal night of racing? Not really. The you know, for me, I get the program as soon as I possibly could, whether it be a, a Tuesday night at the Meadowlands or Breeders' Crown. Go over the race and just kind of glance over each race rather than study real hard the first time. And then afternoon of the race, you you take a hard look at each race and and see what you think will happen, how do you think the race can go, and you know, always mindful of what your horse is capable of and what he can and can't do. Can you take us back in time to your very first win? What did that mean to you? Uh, my very first one win was 1972 at uh, Western Fair Raceway with a, I think he was a twelve fifty claimer, $1,250 claimer, and he paid $94, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it was my third drive, and, you know, I was just trying to find my way, trying to make sure I didn't get into trouble, run into anybody. Um, you know, you just wanted to get around there safe. And he got away third and was able to get out around the last turn, and he he did the rest uh, finishing up. So uh, it was kind of a blur 
you know, just driving and winning that first one at the time. But, uh, um, you know, I certainly never imagined what was going to come after that. <laughs> but it was kind of the family business you were in, correct? You, you had family in the business and uh, like your dad was involved. And, uh, you know, so was he considered maybe a, your mentor? Definitely. My, my dad and my grandfather, I learned everything. My grandfather started, he was a farmer. He started with harness horses back in the uh, late 1920s. And he's in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. uh, as w- Canadian Hall of Fame as well. And then my dad followed him into it. And his, uh, my uncle was actually my uncle's horse that I won my first race with. So it certainly was a fa- family affair. And I had the luxury of learning under all three of them. And are you passing that on to your family? And is there the passion within your family? No. I had three daughters, um, and I stopped training when my oldest two daughters were very young. So they never were exposed to the horse side of it, the training side of it. Um, They went to the races, were big fans of mine. They traveled with me when we used to come to the Midwest to the fairs. And um, so they, they... made all the big races, but they just were not exposed to horses, so they don't have that passion or uh, are involved. Why are Canadians so successful as harness drivers, John? Well, I think the background uh, in Ontario and Quebec, the learning, uh, family learning, plays a big part of it. Certainly uh, being able to go to the smaller tracks, the B-tracks, and learn your trade, buy your trade, make drives that may be bad and nobody's really there criticizing you. And you learn how to win with inferior horses. And you learn how to win with horses that maybe aren't supposed to win. And I think that background has carried a lot of people from Canada uh, to the, you know, the, the highest of highs in harness racing. I, I really think that is the common thread for almost every uh, Canadian guy that, uh, you know, made it on the Grand Circuit. Wow. Well, we appreciate that. <laughs> That's very well put. <laughs> so let's talk about your role as the Hamiltonian Society's president. What is it that you do and why are you so closely associated with the Hamiltonian Society? Well, it, it was a job opening that came along at the time of my career. I was 62 and I certainly knew my best days were behind me at that point. And it was presented to me, and, and I just thought, I, I think this is something I will like. I'm still going to be involved in racing. And I talked it over with my family, and, and I said, I'd, I'd rather quit a year too early than a year too late. Yeah. And so I, um, I, I certainly knew I was on the Hamiltonian Society board for quite a long time, 15 years or more, uh, before I took the job. So I was well aware of some of the inner workings, but not all. It was uh, certainly a big learning curve. And, you know, we, our job is to promote the breeding of the harness horse and promote stakes. And so we, we present the Hamiltonian and the Breeders' Crown, our races that we own, and those two big events uh, we play a big part in each year. Is there an equivalent here in Canada? I don't believe there is. Um, Ontario Racing certainly oversees some of that, but not the, the stake part. Uh, pretty well all the stakes are ha- handled uh, individually by the tracks in Ontario. So it's kind of a unique organization. Um, but, uh, but, you know, we certainly uh, were 
heavily involved in Canada with through our partnership with uh, Woodbine at Mohawk Park and Breeders Crown, and they're uh, they're going to take some stakes for us next year as well. So um, we certainly have a, a presence and a relationship in Ontario. Well, let's talk about uh, tonight, John. You're at Who's Year now, and um, especially, I guess, the big race tonight is the last race on the card, which is the, I guess you'd say, the, the glory division, eh? The three-year-old pacing, Colts and Geldings? Yes, it's uh, not quite the last. It's the 13th race. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and certainly the leading contender for Horse of the Year right now is Confederate and um, you know, I think everybody's looking forward to that race. Um, the way the elimination shook out, he's going to have competition. There's no question about that, but he's been a great horse all year. He's risen to the occasion uh, in all but one race. If he ever does get beat, it's going to take a tremendous effort to do it. And talk about the excitement surrounding tonight and the coverage that, you know, we talk about television coverage and, and, and print, but we also have this powerful machine called social media. We'll be streaming um, in a great many outlets, certainly on uh, Hoosier Park's uh, uh, YouTube page. Um, COSA TV is down here. They'll be streaming it out live. Um, we'll be on uh, FS2 uh, nationwide in the United States, uh, America's Day at the Races. We have two hours, three three hours on Saturday night from nine till midnight. And, you know, we're very proud of that. This national exposure is just something that uh, we feel is very important and it's really helped us here the last couple of years. Well, getting back to yourself for a second, John, since retirement, you've obviously had an opportunity to watch a lot of younger drivers compete. And that is there one in your opinion that maybe stands above all the others? No, I wouldn't say that. Certainly Dexter Dunn has come in here and, you know, but he's been here for four years now, I believe four or five years. And yeah. he's certainly risen to the top ranks of drivers. Um, and you have to be impressed with him. Um, I, I'm always a believer in that any, the top number of drivers, whether you make that five, eight or 10 from any era, if you, you know, put them in, in the, this era now, they would learn to succeed. They were talented enough. Now, having said that, the talent pool for drivers is much deeper than it's ever been. I, I go to races across uh, you know, Ontario and uh, United States. There's so many good young drivers. That, that, that talent pool is, is very deep, and it's certainly different than it was back in my era when I started out where there there were some guys that could drive really well, but not near as many as there are now. John, a little later on in the show, we have standard red driver Bob McClure joining us, and he's actually at Hoosier Park now, and he'll be steering Sylvia Hanover tonight. What are your thoughts about him? I've watched Bob for a number of years, even before he made the move to Woodbine up at Mohawk. I was aware of how good he was doing on uh, the smaller tracks up there, and uh, I, I'm a big fan of, of Bob's, the way he drives a horse. He's kind to a horse. He can make speed easy. You know, he's won a Hambletonian. Um, and Sylvia Hanover is uh, a, such a neat horse to watch. She's a little bit different in that she kind of takes some time off in the middle of a race sometimes mm -hmm. and then just picks it up and flies home. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that race. She certainly has some stiff competition, but she is just a fun horse to 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 watch race, and you know she's got a lot of fans just because 
she's a little bit different than some of the horses that go right to the front and you can't catch them. She's got a unique personality and people have grasped onto that. Who is the toughest driver that you ever drove against? I think Bill O'Donnell. Really? When we were going back and forth, uh, uh, early eighties, mid early to mid eighties, I think Bill O'Donnell was, uh, as talented and as tough to race against, uh, as anybody, um, you know, certainly lots of them were hard to race against and very talented, but Billy, when uh, he was at the top of his game, was as good as anybody I've ever seen. What a pleasure to speak with you and to understand a little bit more about what your job is now and what your career has been. And taking out those words, has been. <laughs> How about in the past? <laughs> you are yeah. you're marvelous and you're a great representative of the Hamiltonian Society and a great representative for the sport of standard bread racing. It's just terrific. Thank you very, very much for joining us on Ponies 24-7. Thanks. It's been my pleasure. When we come back, Hall of Fame jockey, now retired Robert Landry, joins us next to talk about Touch and Ride on Ponies 24-7. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059 The Region. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HBIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bread, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds. One vision. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Robert Landry, Chiefswood Stables, Touch and Ride. Need I say more? Welcome to the show, Robert. Great to have you with us. My pleasure to be here. Well, let's uh, get right into Touch and Ride, Robert. Uh, where did he come from? Like, he, he, what a pleasant surprise, eh? Yes, you know, he was very immature last year. We gave him lots of time. Um, as a matter of fact, this spring, you know, we were just trying to decide whether we should um, 
nominate him or not uh, for the Canadian Triple Crown just because he was so far behind and so backwards. And, you know, the nominations close early in the year. So I decided decided not to. I spoke with the owners and I spoke with uh, his trainer, Lane. And, you know, we just – and then, you know, as he, he, he started progressing really nicely through the spring – and when I got back from Florida, I went to watch him work one day, and I was standing beside Lane, and he, he came working by us, and I says, oh, geez, I think I might have made a mistake not nominating him uh, to the tri- Canadian Triple Crown. As it was, um, you know, he ended up, we ended up supplementing him into the plate, and he ran a really good race in the plate. You know, he was um, compromised a little bit um, with a trip. I think if, if he had a better trip, I think he could have been third. Uh, you know, and he was going into the race with very little experience. But, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we thought he was bred to be a nice horse, and we just thought giving him the time would help him. And, you know, he, he just came along a lot quicker than we thought he would, hmm. um, which is always nice. Yeah, a big surprise and a great one as well. So as a former jockey and now GM of Chiefswood Stables, what do you see as his future, and and do you wish that you were riding him? Um, I do, but, you know, those days are gone, and, <laughs> and uh, we'll leave it to the younger guys. I mean, it's just nice to be associated and be around these types of horses, and, you know, we're very, very lucky um, with Chiefswood. They, they, they uh, you know, they breed a really nice horse, and, uh, you know, it's just a pleasure to be around any horses for that matter. But, uh, you know, he's... Uh, we gave him a little bit of a break. Now he'll have a couple months off and then we'll just to freshen him up. And, you know, we had a tough campaign in a, in a short period of time. So we want to do what's right by him and hopefully he rewards us next year. But I think he's got a bright future. Was he an early full? Uh, no, he was a little bit of a, it was in between. He wasn't early. He was maybe a little on the late side, but he just, just more his development. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've seen some of our real late fools make it to the races faster than any. It's, it's the individual, really, I think. And, um, you know, like I say, I, I just think he was just very immature, very leggy, just backwards. You know, his his body was growing faster and everything else. And he just he just needed time. And he's, he was one of those horses you look at and you see right away he's going to take a little bit of time to get there. What about the growth for him as a horse and as an intellectual? Oh, he was, he's always been a really, really classy um, guy, very mature from that perspective. Like he was, you know, not too much bothers him. He's just, uh, he just kind of go with the flow type of horse, Um, you know, and uh, like I say, our whole team has done a great job with him and, you know, um, I'm just really, really pleased um, with where he ended up. So you've you've basically put him on the shelf for a bit, uh, freshen him up, and bring him back next year. Have you had a chance to sit down and decide and maybe plan a schedule for him for next year? Well, I mean, obviously, we you know just I, I will do that. I mean, there's a couple races that I have in mind. I do think he's maybe a touch better on the grass. Um, he's a beautiful mover. He's a daisy cutter. He just floats mm. over the grass. He catches eyes when when you watch him work in the morning. He really catches eyes. People notice. Um, you know, but like I say, um, you know the the 
international wouldn't be out of the question, but you know, that's a long ways away. But, uh, you know, it seems to me like he can do any surface. He can handle any surface. You know, we just didn't want to, we didn't want to, um, you know, keep pushing them. Now there's no more three-year-old races and straight three-year-old races in Canada that he can run in. I just didn't want to throw them to the wolves mm-hmm. um, you know, and run against the older horses right now. So I just think, you know, when speaking with the owners and, and this trainer Lane and that, it, it just made the most sense to stop on them and, and just give them a break and let them get bigger and stronger. And like I say, hopefully he rewards us next year. But, uh, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of options for him. You know, just because he can synthetic, he can turf, and, you know, he handles the dirt fine as well. So, you know, there's a lot of options for him. So we'll sit down and and plan something out and go from there. And, Robert, describe what happens to Touch and Ride during this break while you're freshening him up. What what actually does he go through on a daily, weekly basis? Well, he goes he'll go out to our – he's at our training center now, actually, and – he gets turned out right now. We'll just turn him out in a smaller little paddock, uh, just to to let him down a little bit, and then then he'll get out in a bigger paddock. He'll come in every night, but you know he'll go out and get turned out with a couple other horses, and you know just have a laid back time, just out there grazing and uh, having fun. <laughs> well, changing the topic now. Last time that you were on the show. Robert, we were talking about another Chiefs Wood horse, that being Weyburn, and a horse that you had uh, some good success with. Now, what's the plans with uh, with Weyburn? Well, his last couple races have been very disappointing. Um, um, as you know, Jimmy Jerkins, who trained him, um, went to Scotty, trained, so I left him with Todd Fletcher. You know, obviously he's won a few races. <laughs> so, you know, Todd, Todd was just puzzled. I mean, he... He'd been training fantastic. We we ran him, and he just, you know, he just wasn't finishing. And you know, he scoped fine the first couple times, and then the la- his last start, he displaced. So we just decided to bring him home, um, and and let him just chill and regroup, and uh, and then like they just gave him a little bit of time, and he's getting close, and hopefully we can. Uh, you know, we can get a race here at Woodbine before the end of the year. And what would have to happen for, for that to take place? Uh, well, he's, he's, he's working on a weekly basis now. He's doing well. Uh, Rachel Halden is training him now. And, um, you know, we're, we're just, you know, he's, he's in a good place. He looks fantastic. He's a sound horse. So, you know, like I say, uh, we're looking for the right race for him. And if the right race appears in the next little while we'll put them in the entries and see where we're at now i know when when i spoke to you before uh, the the interview today um we talked a little bit about wayburn and the plan is to get him back to the sir shackleton stakes right yeah i mean that that would be always you know, wanted the last two years so hopefully you know he could go for a three-peat um like i say he's training well um Oh, and obviously, if, if if we run him again and he doesn't run well, then we're really going to have to uh, rethink things. Uh, you know, we're not going to run him into the ground. I mean, if he if he shows us or he's trying to tell us that, you know, he doesn't want to perform anymore, then we're going to have to make some adjustments. 
Robert, can we have you peer into Chiefswood Stables right now and tell us who the future stars are? We've got a little horse that won his last start called named Piper's Factor that's going to uh, probably run in the Gray Stakes next weekend. Um, and he's ran a tremendous race his last start, and um, we're looking for good things from him. And then we've got a few few two-year-olds that haven't started. Um, we have a few in the States that have started. Waska Sue, what Bill Mott trained. She ran second her last start against a pretty nice filly, and she's due to run any time now. And then we have a, a Mo Spresso, who is with Brendan Walsh in Kentucky, and he's uh, supposed to run on Sunday. So, uh, you know, and then we, we have quite a few other two-year-olds. Okay, give us... Uh Maybe a tour of, of Chiefswood Stables, uh, Robert. You've got several divisions in the operation, correct? Yes, yes, we do. We have our farm, um, and the manager there is Simon Cassidy, and his crew and him do a tremendous job with the raising of, the, you know, the, they do the falling, and then they, they raise them until they're yearlings, and then they ship over to the uh, training center uh, that Lane Gilla 40 um, manages and, and his staff, his wife Diana and Jessica are his two assistants, and they, uh, you know, they break the babies and look after all the racehorses. Any of the racehorses that need a little bit of time or seem to um, enjoy the atmosphere at the training center better than the atmosphere at the racetrack, then they'll train up there and they'll oversee that. And um, you know, they like I say, it's. There's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, and they're all important uh, pieces. And, you know, we, we've got a really good program now. I really think we're heading in the right direction. Uh, the two-year-old or the yearlings after they're broke ship down to uh, Randy Bradshaw in Florida, and he'll, he'll uh, start developing them. And then uh, come March or April, that's when uh, we decide uh, where we're going to first them, whether they belong in the states or whether they have to come back to canada to compete and then if they develop and do better in canada then you know if something looks exceptional then they'll go back south of the border robert can we talk about you you are a hall of famer you are a champion jockey you decided to retire you are now gm of chiefswood stables why did you make the decision to to hang it up well, I mean, I've been riding 30 years. I was 48 years old. It was just time. I, I always really wanted to retire when I was still doing well. Um, you know, I just didn't want to keep dragging it out, dragging it out. And, and, and it is a young man's game. There's a few exceptions, you know, like the Michael, Mike Smiths and that. But, you know, like I said, I've had quite a bit of head trauma, and it was it was just time. Um, you know, the great thing is I was able to um, retire on my own terms. Yeah. I wasn't forced to like some riders are. So I'm, I'm in a happy place. Um, I'm a very fortunate guy and, you know, I love working for the Kremble family. Robert Landry, we have our eye on you. We also have our eye on Touch and Ride. Thank you so much for joining us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. My pleasure. Take care.
After the break, when we come back, harness driver Bob McClure joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian owned and family operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Very good friend of the show, harness driver Bob McClure joins us again today. Tonight, we will see Bob driving the champion filly Sylvia Hanover in the Breeders' Crown final for three-year-old fillies. Bob, great to have you with us, and you are joining us from Hoosier Park. How's it looking, and how's it going? Well, it's a lot warmer here than it is at home, so, <laughs> no, that's a plus. And uh, as of right now, it's not rainy, so everybody's very happy about that, but... You won't find a more beautiful place to race than uh, Hoosier Park. They do an amazing job, so really enjoying ourselves down here. Well, let's uh, talk about Sylvia Hanover. She was second in her elimination, right? And uh, were you happy with that second-place finish? Oh, yeah, very happy with her, yeah. Um, You know, that's the unfortunate part about uh, these elimination races with short fields. Uh, You know, you're not a big purse, and everybody wants to you know, they want to get in, but they want to save something for the week after. And it's, uh, everybody wants to win, you know, don't get me wrong, but she came a huge back half. She came a good last quarter. I kind of wrapped her up late because I was never catching strong poison in that sprint, but uh, they're not going to get away with it th- that this week. So uh, <laughs> she'll, uh, you know, and this long stretch down here, it just feeds right into her game. You know, it's interesting. You're taking some of the responsibility for that second place finish. So what's your relationship like with her? Uh, it depends on the week. Yeah, <laughs> about the same as my wife. You know, it goes by week. <laughs> uh, you know, she's she she can you know make things a little difficult sometimes. But I I shouldn't talk as much about that, and I should talk more about how much of a world champion she is. Sometimes, honestly, it just seems like she gets bored. Just let's make this as difficult as we possibly can <laughs> to see if we can get beaten. Luckily, she still pulls through and wins all the time. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> So what makes her such a special horse, Bob? I, it's, uh, you know what? She's got the best set of lungs I've ever seen. Mm. There's no end to her. She never gets tired. So then uh, I think everybody figured that out, that, you know, she wasn't going to be near the front, and, uh, you know, you were never going to beat her in a fight, so they started turning into sprints. Uh, it didn't take them long to figure out they couldn't sprint with her either. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's like saying, you know, why is Tyreek Hill the best receiver? He's just faster than them. You know, he's just better. Um, 
she's just better. That's all you can say. You know, she's faster, deeper, stronger, wants it more, and doesn't seem to matter what position she's in, she can get it done. Does she know you? Does she like you? Does she respond to you? Probably not. You know, she probably <laughs> she probably just thinks there's somebody back there, you know, steering the bus. And she probably laughs at me half the time thinking I'm going to do what I want anyway. I don't know why you think you're going to control, but... <laughs> <laughs> when did you realize that she was such a talented horse? Well, it's a, that's a good story too. Uh, uh, Mark uh, Stacy, your owner and trainer, he uh, he's one of those you know brass tacks horsemen, not too highs, not too lows, and he's been around the game a long time. Well, qualifying, James McDonald actually picked off her because he thought she was just a mediocre horse, and then in her very first lifetime start, she goes out and goes and wins in fifty one. And that's unheard of, you know. So me, she did it so easy. I said, no, the clock's wrong. So then I went back to the winner's circle, and Mark Stacy says to me, I think they screwed up the clock. I said, yeah, I know. I said, it's probably went 53 or so. Then we had everybody timing it. Everybody went, uh, and no, everything's bang on. Said, okay, and then the next week she came out and went 51 again. It was like, all right, there she is. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> so you're smack dab in the middle of, of this weekend. So last night there were races, and tonight it's the final of the finals, if you will, for the Breeders' Crown. How are you feeling about this? Are you nervous? Are you excited? A little of both? No, I'm very excited. Uh, my first Breeders' Crown came at this track, so uh, it's always been good to me. Um, you know the Breeders' Crowns are the hardest races to win. It's a real testament to getting uh, you, yourself, the horse through the year and uh, still being good on the tail end of it. Um, you know what? I don't get nervous like I used to. Um, I, I, it's kind of sad in one way. You know, you don't get the nerves or the jitters. and Maybe I've gotten to a point I'm more more veteran than I am kid now, which is reality. But um, I think it helps you in one way in your preparation, not being nervous and, you know, it's, but it, you know, maybe it was a little bit more fun when you used to have some nerves flowing. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that breeders crown are the hardest races to win? Cause this is the last, this is it. This is the last grand circuit. Uh, this is the big one. This is the one you, everybody points to. You, you'll have grand circuit races throughout the season for every division but very rarely do they all come together on the same weekend at the same track. It's the only time it happens. And three-year-old Colt Pacers may race uh, NA Cup in Toronto, and they also may have a Grand Circuit race in Pennsylvania the same day, so they split. Not here. It's This is it. This is the big money. This is the trophy. This is the most prestige. And uh, like I said, it's it's so hard to get a horse from the start of the year all the way to the end of the year healthy, sound, fresh, not letting them get tired, mm. taking care of them, having racing luck, you know, so on and so forth. And then it's really like the, um, you know, it's uh, the icing on the cake is the breeder's crown. You know, it's interesting, uh, the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the, the who's who of standard bred racing, all there at Hoosier Park. So who are you seeing? And I'm talking two-legged and four-legged. Uh, you see them all, like you said. It's uh, it's everybody and anybody who's anybody is here, and um, you know it gets a lot of coverage. And you know the best best line in harness racing I find is uh, you know when it comes to year end awards and everything, a lot of it's dictated on the Breeders' Crown. A horse can pop up and win a few races late in the year, but if they win the Breeders' Crown, they're in the 
talking for, you know, the year-end titles. Uh, and, you know, I've seen drivers that have amazing years not win O'Brien Awards for top driver in Canada because somebody went out and won two Breeders' Crowns or three Breeders' Crowns, you know. They say in harness racing, it all comes down to the Breeders' Crown. Yeah. Interesting. That's right. That's right. Well, let's leave the Breeders' Crown for a minute and talk about Woodbine Mohawk Park this year and basically your your drives in Ontario. How's the year been so far? Oh, it was a very good year. Obviously, Sylvia Hanover definitely topped that off, but um, I had a really, really uh, good year in the way that my business was spread out. I was able to win two super finals on super final night with uh, two horse or two trainers that I'd never won them for before. So it was really nice to kind of expand my business, um, you know, and spread it out a little bit uh, and kind of, uh, I really enjoyed that being able to play the field and select better horses and here and there and maybe switching through the year. But um, I, I, this year was an adjustment, but I'd say a really nice adjustment. You know, you talk about expanding and uh, spreading out your business. What do you mean by that? Well, for so long, I was uh, in partnership with Determination Stables, and that was really good for all of us. Uh, and uh, anyway, this is this year here, we, we decided to change things up a bit and um, very mutual, and uh, they went on to have a very good year. I went on to have a very good year, and uh, I think... Uh, I think at, at the end at the end of it all, it was just it was just really nice to have a change. Was there any disappointments at all so far this year? And we're, and we're talking about like the year is over. You still got a couple more months, right? Yeah. But uh, was there I, any disappointments? I did have one disappointment. Sorry to talk over you there. Yeah. I, in uh, in the Mohawk Million um, determination, had I was driving one for determination in there this year, and she made a break. But I really think if she had of trotted she would have had a really good shot at that they, they had two in there and it was unfortunate because mr godin was down there it would have been really nice if we uh, could have gotten a win for him there but unfortunately that didn't work out um uh it's horse racing so i think everybody involved <laughs> they've seen it before so uh just you just gotta take those on the chin and move on and uh, you know there, it's not too far down the road we both had better days so Woodbine Mohawk Park is having great days. Why is that happening this year, do you think? Well, I mean, they are the best. I think they're, it's the best, uh, I think the best caliber of horses for a racetrack in North America. I think um, it's undervalued just how great the horses, the trainers are there. I think really good drivers, too. Um, I think they put out a very good product, and that's, you know, that's a key element to attracting anybody but you know um they've they've had to dodge a lot of horse shortages and things like that but i think they've done that very well they've uh made adjustments and they they always seem to be trying to increase and benefit the handle which as long as you're taking care of uh you know the people betting they're going to keep coming back do you have to change your driving style at all, Bob, when you're you're driving that woodbine on a regular basis so you know the drivers and, and that uh, pretty well, and then you, now you go to uh, Hoosier and you're driving there this weekend, and, uh, you know, do you change your driving style? No. Uh, Hoosier's a 7-8 mile track, just like woodbine yeah. and Mohawk or is. Um, and I would say you would have to dri- change your driving style if you drove with maybe... Um, sub-average drivers at Woodbine Mohawk Park, but the drivers I drive with are as capable as any driver in North America. 
I think uh, right now, if you look at it right now, I think Louis Waugh has three drives down here. James McDonald has three drives down here. Doug McNair, I think, has four. Uh, I don't think there's – I don't know this for a fact, but I don't think there's been a time in Canadian harness racing where Canadian drivers have participated on the Grand Circuit stage as much as uh, the four of us are right now. So that's really exciting, in my opinion. It, I think it goes to show just how strong the driver's colony at Woodbine is. And we always want to know why. Why are Canadians doing so well in standard bread racing, do you think? Well, I, I, first off, I think the drivers are that good. I think they are that caliber. I think, um, I'm not, I wouldn't speak to myself, but I think James, Louie, and Doug, uh, Sylvain Fillion, Trevor Henry, Joey Jameson, um, they can drive with anybody, uh, anywhere, anybody, and uh, not a doubt in my mind. Uh, uh, but, I mean, for all of us, uh, like I, I'll go back to the caliber of the horses we have up there. I think our program up there is extremely strong. I think it's been proven that they, we can breed the best horses in the world. I think it's been proven that we can uh, train with the best trainers in the world, and our product that we put out in Canada can compete on the world stage. And when that happens in Canada, when they travel with the Grand Circuit, a lot of times, uh, you know, us, us four, we've been pretty fortunate to get to travel with them. Well, last question for you, Bob. Sylvia Hanover, best horse you drove, or was there somebody better? I I hate this question. I looked at this last time. Um, she's the most talented horse I've ever driven. Mm, wow. I can't say she's the best because I don't want to disrespect Forbidden Trade. Mm-hmm. They're very two very different horses. Uh, you know, they're probably both going to end up with two million at the end of their careers or more. Um, Sylvia Hanover was the most dominant. But I don't know if I would have been able to drive her as well when Forbidden at the time Forbidden Trade came along. I was new, I was fresh and green. Uh, Forbidden Trade came along, and he was like driving a car. You know, he practically drove himself. You couldn't find a more cool down, chill, perfect horse to drive. And you guys could have driven him and done oh, just fine. Well, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I where think. Sylvia, Han- where Sylvia Hanover, uh, that's no little boy's horse. You know, it's from you know, but. You know what? Not a lot of people can probably go out and drive a stock car at 220 kilometers an hour. Yeah, you know, that's kind of what she's like. You know, you, if somebody random went out with her, they'd probably end up in a wall. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good description. And I have to mention that John Campbell, the president of the Hamiltonian Society, he was on our show uh, not long ago, about 20 minutes ago. He complimented you on your driving skills, and in particular that you are kind to the horse. So I want to compliment you on all you do, but also your interviewing skills. You did a great job in this interview. Oh, I appreciate that, and it's always (laughs) nice talking to you too as well. Yeah. Have a good time tonight. Good luck. Well, thank you. We just don't need good luck, just no bad luck. That's right. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Bob McClure, thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Thank you. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. 
Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing, and more than just a couple this time, Larry. Yeah, let's uh, let's start at Woodbine. They have an 11 race card today, including the Frost King and South Ocean Stakes. Race five, though, is an interesting maiden special weight for fillies and mares three and up. It's set to go at a mile and an eighth on the turf and sees nine horses entered, including number five, Sassiness, who actually earlier this year was part of the uh, Todd Pletcher barn. This daughter of Uncle Mo was a $450,000 yearling purchase and was bred by the famed Samson Farm here, a uh, friend of the show, Kevin Attard, has had sassiness for two starts, and her last on the tapita on October 7th was the best yet, a closing third where she missed the win by a half a length. The race before on September 16th at Woodbine, sassiness was bet down to favoritism but missed the start and finished seventh. However, that was this girl's first race out of the Kevin Attard barn and actually her first start since January, where she finished eighth for Todd Pletcher. Sassiness makes the all-important third start off the layoff today and worked a nice 48 breeze on October 22nd. So Woodbine, race five, number five, Sassiness. Santa Anita has a nine race card today as it prepares for next weekend's Breeders' Cup. And race one is a maiden special weight for fillies and mares, three, four, and five years old, six and a half furlongs on the turf, purse of $61,000. Eight horses have been entered, including the second-time starter, number eight, Dusty Springfield, who had her like first her. lifetime start on October 6th <laughs> in a race that was better than it looked where she finished fifth. 
In that race, Dusty Springfield broke from the gate last, jumped over the dirt crossing, made a middle move, and then after saving some ground, she finished evenly. Dusty Springfield is a sibling to stakes winners Alice Marble and Amelia Gray, and did take a lot of betting action in that first start. Trainer Phil D'Amato is 19% with Maidens making their second start and has worked Dusty Springfield twice since that first race, including five furlongs and 101 and two handily on October 22nd. So Santa Anita, race one, number eight, Dusty Springfield, who sings her way to a possible victory. <laughs> Very clever, Larry. <laughs> Woodbine Mohawk Park has an 11 race card tonight, and race eight features eight pacers with a purse of $21,000. Number four, Alabajama could be the long shot play of the night as since shipping in from Saratoga, this guy has been a victim of some serious post position issues. Since September 30th, oh, it should, sorry, it's Alabama Jammer, has left from th- three seven holes and one nine. However, has not been badly beaten and has picked up a third and a fourth place check. Four starts back from the seven hole, he raced first up for most of that race and then tired in the stretch. Prior to shipping here, Alabama Jammer had won eight times this year, so he does know where the winner's circle is. And I like the fact that Trevor Henry, who was in the bike two starts back when Alabama Jammer finished a good third, is back in the bike tonight. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race eight, number four, Alabama Jammer. Well, as we mentioned earlier, Hoosier Park is home to the Breeders' Crown Finals tonight, and race 13 is the $600,000 final for three-year-old Pacers and Pacers, Colts and Geldings. It's a very competitive field, much like this division has been all year, and includes number nine North America Cup winner It's My Show, who last week cut out most of the mile in his elimination only to get beat to Coach Stefanos for that win. It's My Show has been a horse this year that has pretty much shown up, up to do battle each week. He won the North America Cup, the Little Brown Jug, and I think what helps him the most, besides regular driver Scott Zeron, is the fact that when necessary, It's My Show can leave when he needs to, and he's going to need to leave tonight with the nine post. I like the fact, too, that It's My Show comes into tonight's final with a race last week, and he hasn't missed any time now, and I'm looking for a big effort tonight. So, who's your Park, race 13, number nine, It's My Show. Thank you, Larry. Here's to a winning weekend. Big shout-out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark. And goodbye, and thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one was recently released, email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. Please don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca forward slash ponies, and donate to this cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you all so much for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson, has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.